Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Get Wrecked here on Play Along Podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Jared. And if you don't know what Get Wrecked is, Get Wrecked is kind of like a little side series we do on Play Along Pod. Uh, what we'll do is myself or one of my other two co-hosts will be joined by either fellow podcaster, friend of the show, streamer, and we'll recommend them a game they've never played, and then they recommend us a game we never played, and then we just come here to talk about them. You know, we all have big gaps in our backlog, our ever-growing backlog <laughs> that we have, um, and this is a good excuse to tackle those games that we might have missed or avoided or, you know, just passed us by. Uh, today, I'm very excited to introduce my guest, returning guest. He was on the Dark Souls episode with me. Uh, this is Troy. Troy, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, though, overall. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about some video games. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you're here, man. Uh, but yeah, so you have a show, Troidal Power Presents, the Power Playthroughs podcast with none of the Troidal Power. But mm-hmm. tell you if did. the audience doesn't know about your show, tell them a little bit about what you do there. Uh, sure. So Turtle Power presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Turtle Power, which is the love full it. title. I uh, love the name. <laughs> is uh, a podcast. I think I think I started it to amuse one friend with the title right. because my friend MC likes absurdly long titles for things. And I think that was a oh, big impetus. Uh, but basically, uh, it's, it's an audio only let's play, mm. uh, which when I started it, I knew of four other podcasts that were doing this concept. Now there's a lot more um but it's 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 like twitch but it's just audio so it's me playing a game and talking about the game as i play it uh and i do in theory i do some longer running games but it's Mm -hmm. mostly like one-offs i do a lot of uh first time playing uh like indie switch games that's that's kind of where i focus but in theory, I'm playing through Oracle of Ages. I just haven't played it in like a month. But someday <laughs> I'm going to record another episode of it. That's funny because that's the one I'm listening to right now. I don't know oh. what episode I'm on, but I'm listening to you. The last episode I listened to, you were by a creek or you were by some river or something. Okay. I think I know which part you're on. <laughs> um, I actually have to cross a, a river in my next episode. There's, I had to look up where oh. I had to go. The problem is I wait so long between episodes that I'm like, I don't you forget. remember what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, apparently the next dungeon's behind a waterfall. So that's that's where I'm headed next time I record that. That's um, the curse of like starting other games or, you know, leaving a, a game behind. You You wait like weeks and you come back and you're like, I've no idea what's happening well and weirdly i think playing games in this format where i'm talking about them somehow i like absorb less of what's actually happening in the game so you kind of like focusing on the conversation and everything (laughs) yep uh but yeah it's it's a fun show and if you like it uh find me on twitter and tell me because i will point you to a bunch of other people who do a bunch of other very similar things so yeah it's so weird your show was the first show that i listened to that was in this format and like after i found yours i found a ton of people that were doing the same thing and then even shows that i had already you know listened to they were doing episodes in similar format they would like legitimately stream on twitch and then they would dump the audio to their spotify or podcast yep. or whatever um and then while they were streaming, they were just a little more descriptive with what things were doing and what was going on. But yeah, I was like, this is cool. This is wild. <laughs> it's really I, enjoyable. It's an interesting uh, concept for sure. My work tends to have me like my eyes focused on something. So right. I can't watch anything. 
but mm. listening to a let's play is like oh that works great for me so yeah no, that's it's perfect it's fun Sweet. it's goofy it's a weird format but it's fun awesome uh so troy what what games have you been playing recently besides the ones that we're going to talk about what's been on your uh play as of recent um i've been playing a bunch um i actually decided to make a spreadsheet for myself this year to keep track by day oh no it's gotten the spreadsheet spreadsheet point (laughs) it was a bad it was a bad it was a bad idea um so I've been playing a lot. The idea of doing this was that it would help me be more focused because I'd be more mindful about what I've been playing, which right. I do think has happened. But so far, I'm I'm almost up to 300 entries on this list. And that's 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 repeated. Oh, like no. if I play a game three days, it's on there three times. But still, oh, it's, I it's so still, you're you're monitoring like day by day, kind day of by like day. Things you're if doing. I sit down ah, play okay. a game, I'm writing it down. Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's an interesting take to to have with that. I'm curious what. I'll end up with at the end of the year in terms of like, if there's anything of interest to glean from it. Um, But the two things that I want to mention that I've been playing Mm. are both related to uh, murders. Um, Murder. The first is uh, the, the bigger one is Hitman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you, have you played the Hitman games at all? Oh yeah. I love, I, when I got my PS five, the bundle I bought came with Hitman three and love that game. I love that game. Have you booted it up in the last two weeks? I because haven't. Nope. They've they've changed that the game done changed. They have changed Hitman three to it's now called Hitman World of Assassination. Uh, I think I saw something about that. I thought that was like a new game that was coming, like a new Hitman not. game that was coming out. So oh, it's Hitman three is now World of Assassination, and it includes one and two in it. So before you right. could import them if you had purchased them, mm-hmm. now it's just all in a bundle, which is cool. Um, right. I should say, I don't know if I need to say on your show that I was sent a code for this. I was sent a code for this. I'm doing a review for geek to geek media. Anyway, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but okay. So then it's all three games, but then there's a new mode called freelancer where mm. it's a roguelite hitman game. So, Oh, interesting. You get assigned, like you pick a, um, there's, there's different like, uh, criminal organizations and you pick one. And there'll be three levels in it. So you'll you can look at all the files for the different organizations and see like, okay, I like these three levels. And then each organization will have like specific ways to kill them. So like if you're taking mm. on an organization of assassins, most of the specific things will be about being sneaky. If you're taking on an, an organization that does like um, biochemical stuff, then there will be a lot of bonus tasks for poison. And then it gives you targets that are just in a level, but they're not, the big the vips from the level they're like the main targets like it just picks an npc and so weird that's so cool or one or a couple depending on the level right but so like those guys aren't programmed to necessarily like you know have an easy way to get them somewhere secluded so you have to like figure out how to do it and like one level i ran in and i had two targets and they were standing on the back porch of a house having a conversation with each other and i was like you're perfect i'm just gonna throw an (laughs) explosive in there and run away (laughs) and it worked um and then, but then, so you, when you do a couple missions, then the like mm. finale mission for each stage, the like the boss level basically is you don't know who your target is. There are like four on the first version of this, there's four potential targets. There's like four that, possible that targets. That are highlighted. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it'll tell you like, we know our target is wearing a hat and sunglasses and they smoke. And so you have to like go follow one of the targets around to see 
if they match what you need to do. Dude, this sounds so cool. I'm I need it's I might need great. to jump back into it because it, I mean the Hitman games in general are are a ton of fun. Especially three, like mm-hmm. three really leaned into like the goofiness of like the kills that you can do. But that's how, See, a a roguelike version of that sounds so so much fun. I'm only partway through two. Uh-huh. And so playing freelancer is great because i'm like going to levels that i've never seen before because they're from the later half of two or from three right. and i'm just or like from three i'm just gonna wing it and figure out how to get through here it's it is a blast it's wild it is so good uh um, oh, it's been so fun it's great uh but yeah freelancer try out that freelancer mode i i think i like it more than the regular game because it feels like it actually allows for a little more creativity like so because you're not just doing the scripted things right so with the freelancer mode you said there's like three levels is it similar to a roguelike where if you fail you go back to like the first level or so it is surprisingly punishing um you're constantly oh. unlocking stuff to upgrade your your home your right. home base and some of those things like there's uh i unlocked a medical bay and it has a stethoscope in there. So I can mm-hmm. pick that up and take it with me on a run. And that acts as a garrote. So I can show people garrote. I don't know how to say that word. Um, so you unlock things through your house and that's permanent. But okay. you get gadgets that are run based. So you collect gadgets as you go. And then if you lose one mm. mission, it's fine. If you lose the boss mission or if you lose a second mission, then start it's over then it's you start over and you lose all your gadgets, but any upgrades you got to your house stay there and any guns that you take with you, like you don't get guns in this game. You have to, you, I think maybe you start with it. You might not even start with a gun, but if you uh-huh. finish a mission with a gun, then that guns at your base. But then if you take it onto a mission and you die, it doesn't it's come not back there anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. It's, it is. It is such a cool setup. I mean, it, it is, it is like the most triple a roguelike game I've ever played because obviously it's hitman they've got the budget to do something right. huge but it's like it's it's a very fine-tuned very fun roguelite but it's, oh it is punishing i've only i've made it to the second uh like boss level and i think you have right. to do five to actually complete a run so that's like, crazy it will take me some time to get there but it's really good in some of that that you're explaining kind of reminds me of uh returnal i don't know if you've played returnal but returnal is very similar it has those roguelike uh mechanics to it you're going through levels there are certain perks and upgrades that follow you even if you die, but like some things like weapons you find and some upgrades will go away when you die. So when you start over, you're finding those over again. And then when you start each run, you, you get randomized weapons and those weapons will have randomized abilities too. But that's so cool. I'll have to try that out because I have three. I mean, so it's all just just like one package now. It's one download. It there's, there's um, a DLC that is like, two levels from hitman two that were dlc are still separate mm-hmm. and the um the seven deadly sins expansion for yeah for hitman three is still separate so there's like one dlc bundle that you can buy but everything else is everything else included. is just all together yeah that's so yep. i'll have to jump back into it because i love hitman um jumping to a completely different sort of game the other game i've been playing is murder <laughs> by numbers which is a game on the switch you heard about this I've one heard i've heard about this one but I, I literally don't know anything else about it it's it's phoenix right as a picross game a picross game yeah yep so it's just it's like terrible very dumb phoenix right visual novel conversations but every time you need a new clue you do a little picross game to unlock the clue Wait, so that's is that the only spot in which the pit cross comes in is like looking for the clues and then you're doing yep. like a normal like Phoenix Strike game? 
Yeah, so you, you talk yeah. to people and you're like, I think this is what happened. They're like, I don't uh, think so. And then you have a button that says present evidence and any of the Picross puzzles you've completed, you can present as evidence. And most of them, they'll be like, why are you showing me that? But if you've got the right <laughs> one, then then it advances the story and you go do some more puzzles. And you've That's got a little so floating wild. robot friend who is the one doing the Picross because he like scans the environment and... Mm that's that's the conceit for why you're doing Picross, but it's just a very dumb happy cute little game that has become my like going to bed game like i'll lay in bed and i'll play a, a few games of Picross and advance the story for a little bit and it's just nice that's so cool are you a fan of any of the other Picross games are you just like this was kind of the first one of this genre that you played was murder um, by numbers i can't remember where i first played Picross. i think maybe i had one maybe nintendo gave one away on the ds or something that i played yeah, there's um, so many of these games. There's so many. There, there's a ton. Games. The one I have spent the most time with, though, is called uh, it's free on your phone, which oh, is the best. I know. To be. I know Nintendo uh, has a ton of them, too, that have like Mario themed and everything. Yeah, um, there's a Konami one. I was trying to see exactly what it's called. I think it's Konami Pixel Puzzle. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just it's like hundreds of Picross puzzles. And they're all like it'll be like this is a roasted chicken from Castlevania and stuff like that. Like I don't really care. I don't do pit cross for what the like image is going to be at the end, but it is right. You just do it for the, you're here for the journey. You know, it's yeah. not about the destination. It's about the journey. Absolutely. So murder by numbers. If you want, if you want, if you want pit cross with a plot, play murder by numbers. If you just want tons of pit cross on your phone, pick up the, uh, the Konami pixel puzzle game. That's what it's called. Uh, Cause it's free. It's got a bunch. That's awesome. I like to put that in like the back of the box of Murder by Numbers, like Pit Cross with a plot or like Pit Cross with a story. <laughs> it's That's good. Hilarious. It's fun. Also, uh, for me, I've been, oh gosh, I've been bouncing between a ton of stuff for the podcast. Uh, we're playing through Mass Effect right now. Yeah. So that has been a ton of fun because I haven't played Mass Effect since like high school. So it's been yeah. really good getting back into that game. Um, but I've been uh, slowly grinding through getting a living dex in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which oh is, my gosh. That's yeah, insane. I think sun and moon was the first time I completed a dex and then I completed sword and shield too. And then this time I was like, you know what? Living dex. That's going to be what I do. Y'all, y'all are, are Pokemon masters as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> like I like Pokemon games, but jeepers, you guys, you go deep into Pokemon. And you, and you know what I do is like when I'm editing the podcast, I just have that up on the side and then I put on Pokemon and then I just catch Pokemon. Yeah. And I mean, like editing the idea to do I'll just like step away from a second, but I'll just have it like running in the background so I can listen to it as I'm editing. And then I just catch Pokemon. And it's just like, I mean, it's it's tedious, but it's because you have to catch multiples of things because you have to own it one of each pokemon right. in your box like that's the the point of the living decks if you don't know is owning all the pokemon because when you catch it it technically counts as like capturing and it'll like go into your you know 100 percent completed complete decks yeah completed decks and getting the shiny charm and everything but i was like no this time i'm gonna do it all so isn't there a limit to how many pokemon you can have in boxes i don't think so okay. because every Every time, because I think you start out and there's only like maybe nine or ten, but as you collect more Pokemon, that capacity will increase. Because okay. right now I'm at like 30 boxes and gotcha. I only have okay. maybe 15 full of Pokemon. I was going to say, I feel like I feel like eight is the number that was in my head. Like there are yeah. eight boxes in there, but 
I've never caught enough Pokemon to fill that up, so <laughs> it's never been an issue for me. Well, that's I was a little worried because I when I was like, okay, let's start doing this. I saw only eight boxes, and I was like, how is this, how is this going to work? But <laughs> as you catch more, the the capacity increases, gotcha. and then it has more and more boxes. I don't know what the limit is, but right now I have thirty, and I'm pretty sure that'll be plenty to have the whole decks. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah, I, I and I know that. that one of oh, you haven't? No. Oh, it's so good. I think I'm like halfway through. I just, I, it was, I, I kept hoping maybe it'll get a patch soon. And no, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna. It's gonna get a patch when DLC comes out, maybe. Oh, 100%. And I, I it's Pokemon Day soon. So maybe we'll get uh, that That's announcement true. next week. I'm pretty sure. Well, they haven't announced anything, but it's usually end of February, yeah. the 26th, yeah. 27th. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, the gameplay is the 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 loop. I think is fun. Like the open world Pokemon and everything, I think is fun. The problems with the frame rate and the problems with the glitches is very prominent in these yeah. games. Um, and even for like a narrative perspective, it is kind of like a little bare bones until you get to some of the end game stuff, and it's probably some of the best pokemon narrative in my opinion that i've seen so that's, far i've heard that that the ending of it is phenomenal but it's the the problem with the ending being really good is it's like why wasn't this from the beginning like and now <laughs> i want more like they've intrigued yeah. me and hooked me and then credits rolled and i was like well I, I want more now i want more of this story uh so yeah i've been playing pokemon trying to complete that that decks um and then i've been just playing like a bunch of Fortnite, overwatch i want to get back into apex because that new season just came out and they kind of like completely reworked a lot of of the heroes and everything for that and their battle pass is really cool but just podcast stuff for the right now it's kind of had a grip on the games i play pretty much all the stuff i play nowadays is for (laughs) one way or another related to a show or podcast (laughs) yeah that's uh, yeah i understand that feeling i i'm curious though so you you keep up with a couple different online multiplayer battle pass type games yeah wow that's impressive to me i i i did one battle pass of Fortnite. i have completed it was the one gosh who did i even get at the end was it darth vader at the end of that one it was, Ooh, it nice. was o- over the summer i jumped back in when the the dragon ball z stuff came out but uh, i didn't yeah, actually I like, get any of the I dragon ball z it? stuff Do I know? yeah i didn't either um, uh, but yeah i just battle passes are like they stress me out too much that's like yeah we were joking about backlogs earlier battle uh-huh. passes stress me out because it's like it's like a living backlog with a timer and i just <laughs> i can't do it yeah i mean and i don't like for a lot of them it's just jumping in and playing for fun i think the Fortnite one i'm i'm tracking right now and i'm going through and for a while like Fortnite had the least invasive and most user-friendly battle pass yeah it's it's an interesting thing i i was surprised yeah when i looked at another battle pass that they weren't all like fortnites because i just assumed that's what the industry had turned to that that it's it's a hook to keep you (laughs) playing the game whereas like if you like asking me to spend ten dollars every couple months it does the exact opposite that is not a hook to keep me playing the game it's the hook to keep me playing the game for three months but then there's not an incentive to do the next one you're pretty Except much renting it one. at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. Um, it was uh the the multiverses. I looked at their battle pass when that game first came out because I had a little bit of fun with that when it came out, and that battle pass was terrible. And, and that like, game is not. I think they just announced that like 
ninety percent of their player base dropped off. Yeah, I didn't. Which, I didn't look into that headline, but that does not surprise me because that game was it, it was ninety nine percent of their initial player base or initial yeah. concurrence but that right. game was explosive in its first week so what i'd be interested right. to see is how it compares to other similar games in terms within of their like their first week yeah because everyone is playing multiverse when that game first came i was yeah. so excited for it and then i just yeah. fell off like a lot of yeah. people so their concurrence in the first week i would guess were like astronomically higher than most other right. games so the fact that they've lost 90 percent or 99 whatever it was may not actually mean as much it might not equate to as much like yeah. all of your player places got. It's like, well, if your player place was massive in the first place, then it's like, yeah. how much did you actually lose? Yeah. yeah. I have not uh, looked into that though. So it could be, I could be very wrong, but that I haven't either. Felt, I just read the headline. I was like, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, let's get into the first game we're going to be talking about today, which is the game that I recommend you to play, which is Borderlands 2. So first and foremost, I want to say that you had played Borderlands 2 before this, correct? Yes. For the most part. So what happened, uh-huh. if I remember right, what happened was I got a PlayStation VR and I was like, Borderlands is in VR. And so I bought Borderlands 2, Ooh, not realizing that? that Borderlands 2 VR is a separate purchase. And so <laughs> I didn't actually get to play it in VR. But I was like, well, as long as I got this, I'll play some of it. And I played a little bit of it, and then I ended up in one of the DLC areas and, mm-hmm. like, got stuck there. Not, like, actually stuck gameplay-wise, but mentally. It was, like, right. I was just off in this other zone, and I lost interest pretty quick. And I should have, yeah. at any time, I could have just left that area. But again, going back to the the backlog and infinite checklist idea, the fact that the missions were on my mission log, I was like, but they're there, and I should do... And yeah, so I... I I fell off of it very abruptly because I right. kind of worked myself into a weird area. Yeah, and and that can definitely happen, especially when you have like those DLC points available, like right in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. usually, a lot of the bundles that come with the game have all the DLC that comes with it. Um, yeah, a little bit about Borderlands. If you don't know, Borderlands came out in 2012, first-person shooter developed by Gearbox Software and published by 2K. Uh, this game was like huge when it came out. I mean, going down like the accolades and all the awards for 2012, if not nominated, there were a, like the Dice Awards. It won Action Game of the Year, uh, Spike Video Game Awards. It won Best Performance, which was Handsome Jack's character, which of course Handsome Jack is an, an amazing villain in this game. Um, yeah, big big game for sure. But the reason why I wanted to recommend it to you, because I heard you heard you like dabbled in it and played it a little bit. And that was my own experience with Borderlands 2. I had played it on my own. I played a little bit and I was like, this isn't for me. I was like, I don't really like the art style. I wasn't really, you know, jiving with the with the loot, the loop of like the looter shooter. Mm-hmm. But it was the co-op gameplay that really hooked me. And that was almost my recommendation here is that like play this game with somebody 
because Kai and I had played it and loved it. Like we we burned through it like super quickly and I just like fell in love with Borderlands 2. And you're like, well, I've never played a co-op. So I was like, we need to play a co-op. <laughs> I mean, we played like the intro level once, but that's all you yeah. needed. You knew that one session we played. We were like, this is great. This is a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I I was um I was excited that you suggested this because it's a game I wanted to get back to. And I actually yeah. I, I I played it uh fair amount of the first game two years ago i uh oh really got i never even switch. touched the first one yeah i got the bundle on switch and i was like well, i'm gonna start from the beginning yeah um and found it extremely tedious mm-hmm. um and i've actually gone back since we played two together and played a little bit more of the first game and I'm still finding it tedious, which is going to lead to some questions I have about where the second goes. But in terms of co-op, um, I I was delighted playing it. Like I played through the first, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours yeah. on my own. And I was like, OK, this is pretty fun. And then you and Kai made characters and mm-hmm. I ran you through that first chunk, uh, which went ma- way faster, one in multiplayer and two, because I was way because you were high more. level. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was so fun. And and that's where I realized, like, I'm like, that's, I think, the value of this game. This is a yeah. game for that kind of gameplay. It's for getting onto a voice call and just goofing off while you are, are talking to people like it is more for that than it is for the core gameplay loop. Yeah. Um, and. I think the, the the game itself like reflects that. Like Borderlands is a goofy ass series in general. It does yeah. not take itself seriously, which it almost instills like the best kind of co-op experience because now you're goofing around with buddies, you're hearing jokes in the game, and the game itself doesn't take a lot of investment from you. Like yeah. you can go off on tangents and talk about random things with your friend and still get the same experience through the gameplay and everything not needing to really be completely focused into like narrative wise what's happening but there's there's few games that i know is like oh yeah it's it's like kind of like built for co-op or as a co-op mode but feels like that it thrives the most in that mode and borderlands Mm -hmm. 2 definitely feels like it like shines brightest when you're playing it with other people i think for me the biggest example of that is something that kind of was clarified for me when I went back and played more of the first games. Uh, But I think it's true in Borderlands 2 as well, which is that like as a single player game, Mm. I am annoyed that this is an open world game because like going from wherever I got a mission to whatever point of interest that I need to complete the mission at is it's just hop in a car and drive with kind of wonky physics. Yeah. You don't really do anything in between. And there's not even like a radio station that you can tune into. It is just kill some time as you get there. And then once you get there, then the gunplay is pretty fun, whether you're playing solo or co-op, like, like the gunplay is pretty good in these games. Oh, Um, absolutely. And especially, um, when you incorporate the the character special abilities. So in Borderlands, you pick mm. from a couple different characters when you start the game, and each character class has its own uh, ult move, basically. Like they yeah. have a, they have a, they have an ability on a cooldown, and um, those are really neat. I do have a complaint with them, which is that. <laughs> Well, okay, let me finish my first thought first. So once you get into the <laughs> gameplay, it's really fun. But the, the going back and forth when I'm playing solo is yeah. like frustratingly dull. 
But yeah. when we were playing co-op, it was fantastic. Like it was well, so much fun going back and forth, especially yeah. because the cars in Borderlands only allow two people to be in the car. Yeah, we thanks for that, by the way. Player, <laughs> so we had to operate two cars and it just that well, that part became really fun. Yeah. Not only that, but like you said, it's almost like a, when you're alone, it was almost like mundane going from like point A to point B. And it's like, OK, I'm just like. There's, I mean, I guess there's like things to explore and things to find, but ultimately, like it's pretty barren, and you're just going from yeah. section to section and killing enemies in between. But when you have friends, like you said, there was two cars, and I think you and Kai were in one, and I was another. And at one point, we like crashed into each other. My car flipped upside down completely accidentally. It was, it and then was you guys just drove off, but I couldn't flip my car back over. And it's just like little things like that <laughs> make the experience so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think that we had just as much if not more fun dealing with the cars than we did in any of the gunplay sections <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah so so that that really stood out to me that i, I was like playing it solo i'm like yeah the, there are fast travel options i wish there were more i would like oh, just yeah. let me get to where i want to kill people but playing it multiplayer the, those sections in between were really fun um all right so i want to talk about the characters yeah. i love the character class idea Mm-hmm. I hate that you can't change your character class because this is an RPG. There's a lot of leveling involved. There's story involved. And mm-hmm. if you want to play a different character class, you just start from the beginning. There is a way you can like transfer items back and forth between your characters. So if you get a really good gun that you want to give to your, one of your other characters, you can do that. But if you would just want to try a new class, you have to start over. And then you don't even unlock the ultimate ability until like, level five i think which it doesn't yeah takes maybe half an hour to get there like it doesn't take a long time but if i just want to try out an ability the fact that Mm. you have to play for half an hour to get to that is really frustrating um so when i first played this game i played as gosh what is it the commando i think um who has a he can drop a turret because i knew i was going to be playing it mostly solo i was like cool that's support that that Mm. helps um, and playing Borderlands 1, I'm playing as that same class, and it's fine. But when I started Borderlands 2 to play with you, I chose the Mecromancer, which I guess was a DLC class. Yeah, that was an added class. and Because I think there was two classes added to yeah. Borderlands 2. The Mecromancer the and the Psycho is, is what yeah. I saw when I was looking at it. Um, the Mecromancer is awesome because she can just deploy a big robot, and the big robot goes and <laughs> yeah. beats people up for you. And it's great. I love that class so much. Yeah. It's so much fun. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if that equivalent is in Borderlands one, but if it is, I'm not going to start the game over just to be playing as that class. So I, I don't like that. It locks you in on that. That's that bothers yeah, me. Yeah. I, I guess I never really thought about that either. You know, of like, if you wanted to try out a bunch of these classes that once you get to the point where you're unlocking a lot of these cool skills, you've already invested time in that point. Yep. And now if you're like, okay, I'm not really vibing with that. You have to start all over again and work back from the beginning. Yeah, I guess in in two, Kai and I just kind of like picked random characters, and that's just what we played. But in three, I kind of like knew who I wanted to be going into it. There's okay. a uh, character named Flack, and he's a beast master, so he controls like these animals. And I was like, okay, Pokemon sounds fun. Collect- creature collecting <laughs> i'm gonna be flack there's i don't even know about what the other guys do because i'm gonna be this guy but yeah i guess not knowing and even having the knowledge of what the characters do you still want to try it out and see how those mechanics work yeah. so yeah I, I didn't really think about that but yeah that is it kind of sucks i just looked it up to see if three you can change but it's the same thing once you yeah. pick your vault hunter the only way to choose a different one is starting a new game 
it reminds me of um my my son and I have been playing through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games. Mm. We, we beat Shredder's Revenge together, and he's like, he's three, but he's gotten smart enough to notice that like we've played all these levels. And I was like, all right, let me go get Cowabunga <laughs> Collection from the library. <laughs> we've, so we've done this already. Okay, you can't trick me. Um, but in that in the Cowabunga Collection, the uh the arcade game, like the Ninja Turtles yeah. arcade game, when you start it up before you actually get into the arcade game it asks you which turtle you want to be because basically what it's doing is it's taking your xbox controller and assigning it to one of the four control pads because that arcade machine oh, has four control pads that but makes what that sense means is when you die you can't change characters whereas on the console versions of the turtles games if you, you get can. knocked out and you're going to continue you can choose a different turtle but because huh. on that one you're like locked into that control space on the arcade board you can't change right which for me doesn't matter because obviously Donatello is the best turtle. So why would I ever need to change? I mean, of course, but my kiddo likes both Leonardo and Raphael. And so the first time he got knocked out, he was like, I want to be the red one. And I was like, can't. <laughs> sorry, bud. I got to sit him down and be like, look, the world is a cruel place. And sometimes you can't change your turtles. <laughs> um, on, uh, so characters and story in this game, uh, yeah. Handsome Jack is fun because he's just in your ear all the time. Just, just oh, talking shit I, at you. That's I love good. Handsome Jack so much. And that was my biggest gripe with like three. This podcast is not about Borderlands 3 rant, but I'll, the villains never felt like they had that weight to them. Where even if like Handsome Jack is joking about like 90% of the time, but like Handsome Jack is a good villain. Like I, he's a very like lovable character. That's also like an evil asshole at the same time. Yep. I like him a lot. He's he's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, I am surprised, given the class-based gameplay of this, that you don't get to make a character. Or, mm, or mm-hmm. I mean, you customize the look of your character, but but each of the characters is a set thing. And as far as I've seen of these games, the only way that comes up is what they bark during combat. Is there anything else in the story that where where the, the character comes into play? as opposed to them just being different classes that you play as? So, like, similar in like Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, Borderlands 3, like that trilogy, those characters will show up in some capacity in all three of them. Like, oh, there's some okay. characters that are just, like, NPCs and then end up being playable characters. And, like, okay. there's characters in Borderlands 2 that you run into that were, like, the playable characters from 1. So they okay. all have, like... They, they have a spot in this overarching narrative, but you're right. It, it, within, in most games an like this, game, it's right. like, yeah, within each individual game, they show up for the most part. So I think that's why they have like dedicated characters because okay. these characters do have some narrative, you know, point to them, but not all of them, only some of them. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That, 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 that makes it make more sense to me because i mm-hmm. that was something that didn't occur to me until literally today when i was looking up the classes and i was like i like, played as the, the lady who had a robot and then i was like why is it why are they all set people rather than it just being you <laughs> pick the class and then make your own character but if if there is narrative for some of the characters throughout the series then that that makes sense yeah cool yeah. i like that i i'm I, that's i want to play more of these games because i am like i'm not interested in the plot necessarily mm-hmm. but i like the setting and i like oh, yeah. jack like like there's enough little hooks there that i'm intrigued to see more of it 
I definitely think you should see two through because Borderlands 2 is my favorite one. I would say play three because three definitely has some quality of life things that it builds from two. It has a much better um, skill tree format for all of the characters than the first or the second one. Uh, The gameplay is more the same. And they're like, this was the one they're like a billion guns. And it's like, at that point, it kind of like takes away the weight of these guns. You know, in Borderlands 2, there's still a shit ton of guns. There's but, a lot of guns. I Yeah, I I already am overwhelmed by how many guns there are. Like, yeah, if you're I mostly am there. not looking at guns. Like, maybe every hour of gameplay, I'll sit down and be like, all right, let's take a look at what garbage I've picked <laughs> up here and see if <laughs> yeah. there's anything worthwhile. Just recycling when, weapons you don't when need. When I first tried to play, I was like, every time I picked up a gun, I'd have to be like, okay, is this better? Should I equip this one instead? Yeah. And now it's like, I find a gun I like, and I will stick with it for a while before i even look to see if there's something to swap to yeah in three you constantly find new things so i was constantly changing weapons because there was always something new and exciting but then i never had a gun that i felt attached to like in borderlands 2 um what i really like about three is you know in in borderlands 2 when you find loot or open a chest it's fair game to anybody like whatever is in that chest everyone has access to and in three each player gets their own randomized loot so okay. when you open it and i open it there will be completely different things and we don't see each other's things i mean we can trade because you can trade in everything in, in the game with so that each means player. you're getting you're getting loot a lot faster playing multiplayer yeah than than you would in the other games because in the other games you know take the loot and divide by three or however many people yeah exactly so it's just okay. like oh cool oh you got this golden sniper or whatever legendary sniper like i don't really want to snipe here you can have it and you trade like that like um i know i was telling you when you we were playing in borderlands 2 me and kai's method was like every other chest that mm-hmm. person got to decide what they wanted from it so i was like okay it's your turn you open the chest what do you want you take it i'll take whatever's left over okay now it's the other person's turn so we had to like create our own ecosystem of uh <laughs> loot dividing <laughs> I, I like that they they just took care of that because i think that that would make it easier i guess i don't even know can you join with random people in these games or is it only with friends it must only be with friends right i, f- I think it is magic? i don't know like that's a good question because you, you're right if you were just you know running through the game with randos in two you might just get like screwed out of weapons every time you open a chest where in three that would kind of mitigate that where each player in the game is getting their own loot. But Um, what I'm finding with a quick Google is that Borderlands three, at least does have matchmaking, but the Mm. second result is is why is Borderlands three matchmaking so bad on Reddit? So (laughs) um, granted that was from two years ago. Yeah. So maybe that was a launch issue. Maybe, maybe it's but, been fixed at this point. But anyway, yeah, it seems like three, you could play with randoms. Yeah. A little more pleasantly. If, if it does believe that way, a lot of rage, people stealing your loot and then just yeah. dying over and over again, which again is half of the battle. Like when we were playing, Kai just like fell into the water a couple times and was drowning and we had to go save him. And like people die. Like that's, what's fun about these games too. It's like all the, you know, was it you or Kai that had the issue with the birds? It was Kai. And okay, you're like, what birds so are you talking about? And like, how do you not remember the bird? <laughs> Kai's, Kai's getting attacked by birds, and we're both like, what? Where are you? Well, that's the thing, too. Like, it, we can go our own separate ways. 
Yeah. It's, it's open world, but it's also like open zone. Like there's massive zones you can go to, but when you travel to another like district or zone, there's a loading screen that you go Uh through. So, but like I said, these, these areas are massive. So there's the time where the three of us were like, in completely different parts of this map. And then we just hear Kai screaming because he's being attacked <laughs> by these birds and we're nowhere near him. And on the screen, you can kind of see their name. So you just see like Kai is down. It's like, oh <laughs> shit. Okay, here we go. I'm coming, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll rescue for, from the birds. Rescue you from the birds. Uh, yeah, honestly, these games are best experienced in co-op. And that was yeah. really one of my my biggest recommendation is yes, play Borderlands too, because the Borderlands series is just a ton of fun in just in its, in its premise alone. But when you play it with people, it's just so much fun. It is a much better experience that way. Agreed. I, I have, I had fun with it. I'm still having fun with the first one, but it is like, it is a very, passive like mind numbing game to play Mm -hmm. like it's fun but i'm totally like zoned out playing it whereas playing it co-op was like just really fun and engaging and and active it was front of mind it makes those downtimes exciting as well yeah like when you're like shooting and then downtime those downtimes are just as fun as the combat that you're doing yep I like it. I, I'm hoping that we get a chance to play again at some point, yeah. which, as I said, I'm, I can't keep up with online multiplayer games at all. So who knows when we'll make that work, but I would totally <laughs> jump on whenever whenever the timing lined up, because, yeah, yeah it, it's it definitely I can see its value as a game to just pop on and goof off in. And well, I even like its value there is higher than as just a solo game. Oh, absolutely. Well, even like when me and Kyle were talking about it, because, you know, we started playing this because of the gear wreck that we're going to do. I was doing with you, but he was even saying, like, let's just run through this game again. (laughs) There's very few games that we play through twice. Like, I usually don't go back and play through games again a lot. There's very specific games that I do that win, but I was like, yeah, like, I'm down to good. Like, the second I booted up Borderlands 2 when we were playing, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. This is <laughs> I remember this. This is a good time. So yeah, we'll have to go back and through it. We'll have to beat it because like finishing the game in a co-op experience and seeing the final boss and seeing the end is it's for one, it's wild. It's a wild boss fight, but it's a ton <laughs> of fun. So we'll we'll have to play through it. I just have to yeah. find like a critical path guide to follow because otherwise <laughs> I get so distracted by side quests. Oh man. And I was I was the opposite. Like I hardly did any of the side quests. So it's just like because we got we like mainlined it, which like yeah. we're just doing main main quests, we're gonna get through it and had a great time. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to the game that you recommended me to play, mm-hmm. which is Blue Fire. Yeah. Um, so Blue Fire is it's an interesting game. So it came out in 2021 oh, yeah. in February. I thought it was mm. a little bit older than that, but that's what I found when I was looking. Um, 
and it's from a studio called Roby Studios who are in Cordoba, which mm-hmm. I meant to look up where Cordoba is because I don't know. It's a city in Spain. I don't know where that is either. Uh, I did see that this was their first game. This yeah. was the first game they've made, which is crazy. It is It is too polished to be a first game. And it's and it was published by Graffiti, who's like, Graffiti Games is good, but not mm-hmm. like... Yeah, that's they have like not, a couple like small indie games they've published as well, but like you said, nothing crazy, nothing huge. Like if I see if I see a first game from a developer and it's being published by Devolver, I'm like, all right, right. that's going to be a high level of polish because Devolver's going to dump the money back to them to make that happen. Graffiti the quality are, will be there. Yeah, Graffiti Games doesn't necessarily have that reputation for me, um, but it was one I had seen good things about it, and I picked it up at some point probably pretty close to launch that's why i was surprised when i mm-hmm. saw that it came out in 2021 because it would have been sometime in 2021 that i picked it up on switch um and played a little bit of it and i liked it fine but it didn't really click with me that much but it's one that was like always living on my backlist <laughs> like front yeah. of mind on my backlist because i was like it looks really cool just the visual style that was the thing that yeah. kept like nagging at me and then i picked it up again and got to the first dungeon. And as soon as I got to the first dungeon, I think I messaged you like the day I got to the first dungeon <laughs> yeah. and was like, you need to play this game because the, the game the, the, up like to the that forest, point, the forest dungeon. Yeah. Yep. The city yeah. in the forest dungeon, the game mm-hmm. takes a while to build up, but what it is at its core is it is a platforming game. It is a 3d platforming yeah. game and you're basically exploring this castle and you kind of start out in like a dungeon like area and Mm -hmm. then you move on to like a sewers ish looking thing not very exciting environments and you're just kind of moving through them and then i got to the first dungeon and i was like oh this is zelda this is a zelda dungeon with platforming (laughs) you should play it (laughs) yeah and that's that was where i turned around and messaged you because yeah realizing that that was the 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 bigger structure and i mean you've played it much more recently than i have that section yeah that's not that far into the game so like i didn't play a whole lot and i liked it but wasn't hooked by it and then as Mm -hmm. soon as i hit that point like instantly got its hooked hooks in me and it was like the only game i played for however long it took me to get through it um yeah when i tell when i tell you i had the exact same like situation it was because we we were talking about doing a get right together and you're like oh blue fire and i had heard of this game before like i maybe had seen screenshots and it was on the backlog but it was like way back there like i was like i'll play this eventually but when you recommended it i was like cool we'll move it up the backlog and this will be the next game that i play and even starting out and you just jump and you have a combat which which felt good but like you were saying it's like this this castle and then you're running the sewers it didn't feel like there was a lot that i could do and then once you hit that that forest dungeon that city that almost acts like a hub for everywhere else that's when it clicked i mean first of all the visuals i was like this looks like wind waker this is cel shaded this looks exactly like wind waker i think when i was playing it you mentioned something about how much you loved wind waker's art style like while i was getting back into it and i think that's why (laughs) i immediately made the connection um yeah it it's it's very cel shaded you play as a little guy with a big head uh and you got swords and i was like oh it's yeah it it is very very it's it's just zelda but oh man this game at that point hooked me and like you said that was all i played i was only playing blue fire and it like came out of nowhere i was like oh yeah i'm enjoying this and i'm like i never want to put this down i only want to play this game (laughs) 
and it was the visual style and the combat felt it felt so the combat gets really good yeah and as you progress through uh the game you know it is a platformer so it's a 3d platformer and it reminded me of the levels in super mario sunshine when you lose your backpack okay that's kind of what it reminded me of where you're relying just on like the core of the platforming to get from you know from point a to point b but in this game as you progress through the game you unlock more and more traversal abilities Mm -hmm. which gives you access to you know you can go back to other areas and access points that you might not have before without that ability yep so like when you go through a dungeon instead of getting a bow like you would in legend of zelda you get a wall run ability and you're like oh a wall run i can do something with that and then later you'll get like the ability to do like a dodge in the air or a boost Mm -hmm. forward in the air and you're like oh what if i wall run and then jump and then boost forward and suddenly you're building up these combos (laughs) that that sewer area took me so long to get through the first time i got through it and at some point so many times at some point i had to go through it again and i'm like i can cross the entire room in one like platforming combo because oh of all I, the abilities I've unlocked. I can't tell you cause I went back cause I did a lot of collecting. So I collected a lot of like the emotes that you can do. And I tried mm-hmm. to unlock all the, cause there's a lot of cosmetic um, items that you can get. So you can change the look, you can change your swords and everything. Uh, so I went back to the sewers, like end game when I had all my abilities and I was like bouncing around. I was like, yeah. Oh, this is, this is nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, I want to talk about the cosmetic stuff because I actually. Okay. Wh- okay. Hmm. All right. Let, let me touch on that quick. I like the cosmetic stuff. You can buy different outfits for your guy and you mm-hmm. get different swords. That's very cool. Except for that. The swords have power levels associated with them. So they're not cosmetic. Yeah. And that bummed me out because it just meant that it was like, Using well, the best each, sword. each time I get a new sword, I guess I'm switching to that sword. And, yeah. you know, I, I get it. But some of the swords looked a lot cooler than the others. And so I'd be like, no, I don't want those ones, but I'm not going to not take the power level. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of that. There was one that I got that was pretty high level that are like, I like the aesthetic. So it's like, well, I'm just going to use this. It's a high power level and it's a high damaging. It's a a cool aesthetic too. So I was like, there's no way I'm not going to use this one. I wish it would just be like, you found another sword. Your power level has increased and you can choose a new sword design. Choose a new sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was um, your power level wasn't tied to the sword. It was tied yeah. to like your quote unquote level that you yeah. get as you're going through. Give you increased damage each time you find a sword, but don't make it tied mm-hmm. to that sword specifically. Yeah. Um, the other aspect of this game is the, the voids. So mm-hmm. each, not each, just throughout the world, there's all these yeah, voids. They're scattered everywhere. Um, and, and basically think of them like the um, uh, shrines from Breath of the Wild. They're just, they're just all mm-hmm. over the place. And they're, I think totally optional. I don't think you have to do any of them. No. Um, but they're, they're health increases, right? Am I remembering? Yeah. Remembering they that just, right? okay. each time you do one, you get an additional uh, heart. Yep. Um, and they, that is where it is the most like those bonus levels from uh, Mario sunshine, yeah. because it's, it's literally just like you start at point a, you got to get to point B and in between there's 20 sprites or whatever that you have right, to collect, you have to collect all, all these little like sprites. And they here. are, wild platforming challenges they're crazy they're so some of them are really difficult there some, there's parts yeah. of this game that i struggled with yeah uh i i think i left 
I, d- I didn't find all of the voids, I don't think. But of the ones I found, I think I left like four incomplete because I was just like, yeah, same. I just I can't be bothered. Like I can get so close to the end. But each time if you if you like miss one jump, you go back to the beginning and have to make your way there again. Yeah. And it doesn't punish you. It's not, you know, there's not a time limit. You just you can take your you time do. with them. But there were a couple where I was just like, I'm just I'm just not going to get this. There, There's one that I remember in particular. I tried over and over and then I was like, I'm done. There was, oh my gosh, like the, the level starts and there's these like large rotating rectangles and there's like spikes on one side and there's spikes on the top. And then after you get through that, there's like a long hallway where you're jumping from wall to wall, but there's uh-huh. spikes in between each of them and there's spikes on top. And if you just barely touch any of that, right back to the beginning and yep. do it over again. So you have to and wall jump level... from one side to the other without getting too much elevation because then you'll hit the spikes on top. But without hitting the spikes that are also on the walls that you're jumping from back. To, oh, man, it was crazy. And I was like, you know what? I don't need this hard. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with skipping this one. I did find uh, if you go back to those at end game, some of them are not clearly not designed with the full the mobility full, like, kit in mind. So some of them are like, oh, I can just choose this. Like, I don't well, even have to do the challenge. There's some of them that have like a little platform that you like ride around the level. Mm-hmm. And once you get like the ability to jump, like double jump and like triple jump, I was like jumping some of those caps <laughs> gaps without the little like platform that you have to ride on. So you're right. Some of them are not built for the full arsenal to be accessible at that moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it also has now user created levels. So this was an update. That That's came really out last cool. I tried year. that a little bit too. Um, that has a pretty robust toolkit from what I can see for making your own levels. Um, they have like some sample ones in there where some of them are just straight platforming. And then one of them was like a quiz about the game. And so (laughs) it's using the level making tools to make a quiz show, which is very reminiscent of Mario maker. I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff in there, but yeah, there's this, this feels like it kind of fits the 3d Mario maker idea, which Nintendo hasn't done, but blue fire kind of has. Yeah, that's interesting. That would be cool to have a Mario Maker like that because, like you said, the the level creator in this is very robust. Like, some of the things that people created are, are wild. I tried doing the level creator. Very bad at it. But yep, yep, I enjoy Too complicated what, for me to make things in it. <laughs> other people are much better at that than me, and I will enjoy their levels. I'm very bad at the creating, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other aspects of this game that I really enjoyed, and I... <laughs> I always tell people this comparison, they laugh. I, I compared this game to Dark Souls a little bit mm-hmm. in the sense of there is points of interest where you're you're meditating to, you know, fast travel. You can use it to upgrade your like magic meter and you can rest on it. But this game has no map. You have no idea of like where things are located other than you just traveling them yourself. And once you go about and explore the world enough, you start, you know, opening connections and shortcuts to other sections and you start getting a better understanding of this world. And that reminded me of Dark Souls because, you know, that is a fully interconnected world. And as you explore it, you start learning the environment and learning where things are learning points of interest. And that is the same in blue fire too. Like as you explore, you start learning more about it and, and understanding where things are. Yeah. The, the layout of the world becomes very familiar where at first it's so easy to get lost. And then by the end of the game, you know (laughs) exactly where everything is. Uh, 
yeah, that's that's a good call. And I, it, it's also very Dark Souls in the storytelling. Well, not very Dark Souls, but it's very Dark Souls in the sense that there's not a lot of story presented to the player. Right. You're just right. kind of here. And it doesn't have the item descriptions to to get you extra. Give you like, like a deeper lore. Yeah, but it does have it has a handful of NPCs. I would say it has like a Nintendo 64 era Zelda amount of NPCs of NPCs. Yeah, that you can talk to. And there's weird stuff that you learn about it. I I'd forgotten that we were in a floating castle because it was so long since (laughs) I started the game to when I picked it up again. And so the first time I got to like a window looking out and somebody was like, isn't the world beautiful? It's destroyed now or something. I was like, wait, what happened? Like, where are we? What's going on? I had that exact same thing because there's a section in which you just for a brief second, you leave the castle and there's like this broken bridge or ledge. And I was like, oh, that's (laughs) right. I'm in a floating castle and the rest of the world is just barren. It's just destroyed. Yeah. And I'm not sure how or why the world is like that. Having finished the game, but I don't know. Okay. I got I got to I got to do a bunch of cool boss fights and that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> boss fights as well. The boss fights were a ton of fun and this is where like I have a little bit of a like a returnal uh comparison because oh, they're sure. almost like slightly bullet helly as yeah. well as being a 3D platformer so a lot of them have you jumping from various platforms dodging attacks dodging bullets. There's like a parry system in which you can have this blue force field around you and you can parry enemies attacks but yeah the, a lot it's of mostly especially jumping out of the way of their attacks that's that's like the first move if you're using, yes. the, using the shield you've made a mistake yes yeah a lot of it's <laughs> jumping out of the way and then parrying when you need to but the the most bullet hell is is the final boss that you fight where yeah. she's just tossing a plethora of attacks at you yep I, I like the boss fights in this lot. They reminded me, I, I think that last one specifically gave me a little bit of um, Metroid Prime vibes because mm, of it being yeah. circular. I mm-hmm. mean, that, that's the whole thing with Metroid Prime is that like you use a lock on in first person, which is weird. But the game being designed around that means most encounters in that game are kind of designed to have you constantly circling the enemy that you're, you're constantly moving you're constantly on your yeah. feet yeah and that's that's how you have to play that last boss fight in blue fire and I actually from what i remember and again we got delayed in recording this so it was two months back now that i finished the game <laughs> yeah but i think i got stuck there and that's when i went and did like a grand tour around the castle of uh. of doing all the other stuff i could to i think it was that you th- there's for doing the voids, you get health, but doing the side quests gets you most of the time a uh, an extra flask, basically an extra heal. And yeah, so and I then... think that's what I had to do is I went around and did got a bunch of extra heals. And mm-hmm. so I went from like the first time I fought the boss, I think I had four. And when I beat boss, I had 10. And I was like, OK, now this is yeah. easy because I could just heal myself infinitely. Yeah, and another similarity to Dark Souls. And then there'll be some side quests that give you a lot of the swords and a lot of the... Um the like robes and hoodies that your little, your little character has too. But this, I, I don't really remember what the story was of this game, but spoilers for blue fire. If you don't want to know what the ending is after you beat like the big deity lady, it just ends. Like I was expecting some kind of conclusion because 
after see the castle every... land back on the ground or something something like that <laughs> because as you're going through you almost have like a, a chic-esque character if you're wanting to compare this to zelda that comes to you and it's like oh this is like the next thing you need to do and here's another power-up kind of situation and i was expecting at the end like him to come up and be like you did it you saved the castle and and it it's nice again but it just credits you yep. beat her and it just credits and i was like oh okay it, it was very uh anticlimactic in that finale like like the boss fight's great but then yeah there, there's not much afterwards I think, from what i remember and i think that's why it kind of like was disappointing because i had done that boss fight a couple times because it's difficult it's pretty difficult and when i finally got it and i beat it it was just like cool here's the home screen again it's like that's i don't get anything else that's it um i just double checked just to see and uh nope no no multiple endings I was like, maybe, maybe we didn't get the true ending. Maybe the true maybe ending. True ending. Nope. Okay. Just, nope. Yep. There's a Reddit post. So I just finished the game and was wondering a few things. Are there multiple endings? <laughs> uh, I, I 100 percent of it because I thought I'd get the best ending, but instead I got a pretty vague one. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too, buddy. Um, so yeah, it, it that that is definitely a point against it. Um, there, I also feel like they the world is like weirdly developed in that like there's the city you go to that Mm kind of acts as the hub and then close to the end of the game you come across another city um i I wouldn't have minded one or two more or push those two together because like yeah two cities feels like not enough one city would have been fine, but two feels like, like what if enough. it was like one larger city? Like if it was that like fu- the, the area that you could do like the volcano level plus like the little hub. If those ones were like either really close or one big city, yeah. I agree, probably be fine. But it was it was weird that there was these two, and the, they're, they're both super sparsely populated. Like like uh, yeah, the, that's the hub city has like six NPCs total in it. Maybe yeah, the volcano one definitely has more. There's more people that live in that one yeah. for sure, but not, not much at all. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I guess that's, that's like my biggest downside of this game though, is, is ultimately just that I wanted more of it. Like, like mm, in terms yeah. of the ending, but also just like the world, I would have loved to have seen more of the world. And obviously the void maker gives you the opportunity for a lot more gameplay, but, if this studio comes out and says, Hey, we're doing a, a blue fire Two where you explore the next level of the castle. You just, you went up some stairs and the castles opened up and, <laughs> and now it's three times as big. I'll be like, sweet, let's do it. Like that's, I mean, that's okay. all I want. That's funny. You said that because I, for some reason I thought there were like, I saw a rumor that they were doing a sequel or another game, but I Googled it and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not I, seeing I haven't seen anything from them. So I, and obviously they were working on that. Um, the DLC for the, the void, void maker. Void maker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to try more of that. I did a couple levels in Void Maker, and I, I want to see what else people have done because it's tough for me because the the, the gameplay is really fun, and so just mm-hmm. more of that gameplay is exciting. But it was the gameplay evolving that kept yeah. me so hooked on that game. Mm-hmm. Was like seeing what the next ability I was going to unlock was going to be, and obviously well, not, with Void Maker, you don't get that option, right? Not only that, but like. 
seeing how those new abilities are applicable to old areas like going back to the hub or going back to the ice level and seeing like oh i can that like ledge that was too far away i can double jump to it now it's a chest or it leads to like an area that interconnects with another section so that's for me more was it was not only getting these new abilities but seeing how i can apply them to the real world and and exploring the environment more Mm -hmm. so i can see just having like you know, the platforming sections that you do in the void and having that only be the case kind of takes away from a little bit of the experience, you know? Yeah. The, uh, you, you mentioning the ice air reminded me that like perhaps my favorite thing to explore is in that area. There's like this tower that if you kind of, Oh yeah. (laughs) Think of it as a plus symbol, but, but outlined. So, you have like four L-shaped mm. chunks going up and there are platforms all around these things. But to get up the tower, you have to like wall jump and double jump and wall run and stuff up platforms and then like go around platforms around the outside of the tower and then back into the inside. And it's this really cool thing that like it took me a while the first time I was going up it because it's literally like you get to a new platform and then you have to stop and look around and be like, okay, right. Like, where what do I, I do next? next? And then How once m- you know the path, it's, it's pretty fun to go up it quickly, but right. That was How like, much of you was exploring this like when you first went to the ice level, trying to figure out not only how to like make that first gap because I think you need like at least a dash or something to get that yeah. first gap, but like f- figuring out how to climb this because I spent a long time trying to just figure out what it was. And there's these enemies that like they're like eyeballs that will shoot lasers at you, and then the ice one they'll freeze you. So trying to avoid that and also explore mm-hmm. at the same time. Because if you if you get hit by an enemy while you're trying to climb up that tower, you're gonna fall all the way down and be yeah. like, all right, gotta start over again. I I loved that section. Like I, yeah. I spent a long time figuring that tower out, and it, it was so satisfying. And then even once I got up it, then there's a couple more abilities I got later that let me get to different areas on it. Where I was like, mm-hmm. I never, there was a chest over there. I could never get to before. And now that I've got a, a triple jump, I can make it there. Like, so right. yeah, that, that, that tower is like the singular thing that stood out to the, the most to me, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's especially in this compared to Zelda games. Like if you're looking at like Ocarina of Time or even when Wager to, to an extent, a lot of those Zelda games struggled with like combat and exploration and like, you know, combat is a certain section of it and exploration mm-hmm. is another. And that's like, like breath of the wild was so good because that's both of them. You can explore this world and have combat at the same time. And in this game, I feel like that it utilizes that very well. And that tower is a perfect example. Cause I was like, I want to go up there. I want to figure out how I'm going up there. But there's this enemy that's shooting ice lasers at me, and now I have to try to fight him while I'm also trying to explore the world. And I feel like it it melded yeah. very well together. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a good game. It's a good video game. It kind of came out of nowhere all the time. I think that's what the initial um, interest was when I saw it was on Switch because I like probably a lot of people have a problem of being like, oh, that's cheap. I want to buy it and then never play it. <laughs> so that it, was one of those. You did play there. it on Switch, right? Yeah, I played on Switch. Okay. Um, I I played it on Switch as well. I found it ran perfectly fine for me. Yeah, I didn't um, have any issues with it. What I have seen is that on Switch it runs at uh, thirty frames, and on 
PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, it'll run at 60 frames. So. I did see that when I was like stuck in parts and looking at a walkthrough, looking at other people's gameplay. I'm like, that looks beautiful. <laughs> For some reason, it looks better. Uh, <laughs> Why does theirs look better than mine? This is a $20 game. And it is regularly on sale for eight dollars. I think at twenty dollars, this is a good game. Like that, I was gonna that say, is not I a honestly price for it. If I would a hundred percent recommend this game if you have a play. If you if you're interested in Zelda, you like the aesthetic, you like Mario platforming of some of the three D Mario's. I would a hundred percent recommend playing this and buying it. And honestly, I think the twenty dollar price mark is perfectly fine. Like if yeah. you're too impatient, if you're listening to this and you're like, I need to play Blue Fire now. Yeah, go play it. Go you're buy not going to feel bucks. screwed buying it for twenty bucks. Like, no, like you will get twenty dollars worth of gameplay out of this. It's but, not. It's not hugely long. It's. It's. I think twelve hours is what I saw. I. I feel like it took me longer than that. But oh, I did it in like eight. I had like really? seven, eight hours. I think I have um, to double check. But 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 the gameplay is like dense like th- there's no wasted time in it. Th- yeah. there's no driving a dumb car from one city to a bandit <laughs> camp in blue fire like you are constantly doing something fun mm-hmm. and so, i guess that's uh, it's it's traversal because traversal yeah. like traversal is what make open world games fun which is my problem with borderlands is that it's traversal on its own isn't fun and this game all you're doing basically is traversal, but the traversal feels so good. But the traversal that, feels really good. Yeah. So how long to beat has it as at, at 10 and a half hours is like oh, really? the, the, the main story in 13 for main plus extra uh, listed on how, uh, how long to beat has void maker, but also has another one called the void of sorrows. Do you know did anything? We, did, we, did we miss out on something substantial here? It looks cool. It says Blue Fire Void of Sorrows, and it says two hours to be. So I don't know like what that is. How to access the Void of Sorrows DLC. Oh. Is it what? like story DLC? Yeah. Oh, shit. I have to go back. At- Wait, is this... In the like, how do you access it? There's We're learning in real time. You can enter guys. in the fire keep in the room with the two sewer pipes sticking out of the walls. One of which takes the arcane tunnels, the other is blocked. The room has some kind of altar shrine in the middle and comes in after the huge. You need to beat the final boss to access this door. No need to 100%. There's a new you, door after you, you have beat to the go boss. back in. Oh, oh, god. Oh, I'm going back. I don't know where my switch is. <laughs> I was gonna go download it because I delete, I don't have the game downloaded right now. What? Oh, I'm going back in. I'm going back. And, and I got an OLED recently, so it's going to look Ooh, beautiful look on this so OLED. On there. How did I miss this? That's wild. We're going we're gonna to go play some Blue Fire, Jared. This is going to be a good time. There might be a, <laughs> uh, another episode with, with Troy and I <laughs> here. We talk about, yeah, we're talking about Void of Sorrows. <laughs> well, it's cool that it's narrative. Like, do I, I, don't, I don't know how much it is. I just know it's, it, it's within the game. I'm not looking at anything else. It's in. I know exactly mm. what door they're talking about in the fire area, the sewer pipes. Yeah, fire keep. Okay, cool. I'm. I'm. That's not playing murder by numbers tonight. I'm playing <laughs> through fire tonight. Oh, I'm so excited! Well, what a what a way to end this to put a cap <laughs> on the episode is us very excited about this game. Uh, no, in all seriousness, play Blue Fire because it's it's a ton of fun. It takes a lot from a lot of different games, but. It, it creates its own DNA from that. And it mm-hmm. feels familiar, but it feels new when you're exploring at the same time. And it's just, I had a ton of fun the entire time playing through it. So, yep. 
Uh, it's very smooth. It's it's incredibly polished for a first time game. Yeah. There are a couple places where I got a little bit lost um, in terms of what I was supposed to be, where I was supposed to be going next. Mm. It's just just pull up a guide. Don't don't be too about that because it, it is <laughs> it, the 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 guidance is a little iffy. That's like yeah. one of the only complaints I can make. But I I decided long ago that when I get stuck in a game, I just check a guide. So I. Hey same no shame i'm like i'm not gonna i have too many games to play yep, yep, <laughs> too yep. many things to do i'm looking i at was this gonna guy. say i don't have time for that but it's more it's more yeah i have too many games to play rather than not enough time <laughs> right exactly uh something we didn't talk about that's so great is the audio music and audio design is great at the end when you beat it it plays a beautiful song so mm-hmm. i mean music is good too yep well Troy, thanks for uh, talking about these games. Thanks for recommending Blue Fire because absolutely like fell in love with this game out of nowhere and ended up just enjoying my time throughout the entirety of the game. I'm so glad. And and it helped push me through too. Like I said, I got pretty hooked, but as soon as you said you were down to do this episode on, I was like, sweet. Now like now I'm even more motivated to play it. <laughs> uh, and thanks back for for Borderlands. We need to play it again because we will play Borderlands. Like I said, too. I'm I'm slowly working my way through the first game now. It's it has been one that I've just picked up on my Switch whenever I want like a totally brain dead game to play. But Borderlands 2 co-op would be much more fun than that. So Okay. One more time before we leave, let the listeners at home know where they can find you, man. Oh, sure. Uh just put Troidal Power into your search whatever of choice. T-R-O-Y-T-L-E power. Uh I'm on Twitter, but that's always a you know, it's it's a rickety boat right now. Um, and then like it always is. <laughs> the the podcast is Troidal Power presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power. I also write a ton of stuff over at geek2geekmedia.com. Mm-hmm. So if you want to read my words instead of hearing my voice, I don't blame you. And you can do that there. <laughs> and um, I have a website called troidalpower.com that is mm-hmm. by by design just about as ugly of a website as it could possibly be. But <laughs> if you want to find links to other podcasts and other stuff I do, they're, they're at troidalpower.com. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link all that below so you guys can easily click on those and, and check out Troy and his work because it's a good show. I really, I really enjoy it. I'm waiting for more uh, Oracle Thanks. Uh, episodes to come out. <laughs> yeah. I maybe, maybe I'll record one tomorrow on lunch. No, wait, I'm working from home tomorrow. Never mind. Most, of, most of my recording for that show is done in my car on my lunch break at work. That's, that's, that's my, impressive because that's, like, my, that's a uh, limited time studio. and you're like busting out episodes like, <laughs> like that. Yep. Uh, okay, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for it was great having you on again. Uh, thanks all you for listening, getting the end of the episode as always. But we'll see you next month with the next Get Wrecked episode. Peace out, guys. Bye.